Well, the chosen remnant, that's who you are. The faithful who've come out in snow no matter what. It's great to, great to have you here this morning. <clears throat> well, I, uh, I want to jump right in. I'm in a series, I'm just calling it For King and Kingdom. Um, and uh, if you're interested, if you're just here for the first time this morning and interested in what we've been talking about the last few weeks, I've got some notes out in the lobby at the connection uh, counter there. Also, there's some notes for today's message if you want to pick those up when you go out. And there's also a, sort of a special addendum. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about forgiveness today, but I'm not going to talk enough about it. So I, I, I've got another sheet out there that will just help you think through some issues of forgiveness in your life. I think it will be helpful. So. Um, if you uh, are interested, uh, all the messages are on the website. You can listen to those as well. Okay. I, I do want to remind you from last week, uh, I showed this picture last week uh, from the battle of, end of the Battle of Iwo Jima. And, um, I, and I, I talked about the, a monument uh, to this battle and to the Marines specifically that fought this battle, one of the bloodiest battles of the Marine Corps' history. And uh, a quote that's on this monument by Admiral Chester Nimitz. And it said this, uncommon valor was a common virtue. Uh, that just, that's ringing in my ears since the very end of last year uh, when we were in Kansas City. We just, Jane and I got that word. And I feel like that's a word to share. That that's what we're called to as a church. Uncommon valor this year. That uncommon valor, that type of courage would be a common virtue among us. Um, the, the kind of valor that Jesus had to descend from heaven and walk among us. That took a lot of courage um, as God to become man. And the kind of uh, valor and courage it took for Jesus to walk in this life, to, to, uh, to go all the way to the cross, and then from the cross to literally look to heaven and say, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. That type of courage is the type of courage that God's calling us to. It's, it's, it's what we're about as a church. I said last week uh, from Matthew 12.30, Jesus' words, he says this, He who does not gather with me scatters. In other words, we, we are either on the way towards uh, helping Jesus bring the kingdom in our relationships, or, I'm just being honest here, we are literally siding with the enemy and scattering the kingdom. That's the power of our relationships. So every relationship that we have has the power within it because of the Holy Spirit within us to build the kingdom. And because we live between the times and the kingdom isn't fully here yet, we also have that power, as it were, to diminish the kingdom, to, to hold it back. I talked last week from First Peter about honoring and, and lo- one another and loving one another deeply from the heart. And so just a reminder that... Uh, this theme in the kingdom, um, kingdom relationships are built with courageous and humble love. That the relationships that we're building and God's building among us require courageous and humble love. And I want to spend some time this morning and talk sort of about the brass tacks. Sort of how do you put that? I mean, everyone wants courageous and humble love, right? Sounds great. You want that on your tombstone, maybe. He was a man of courageous and humble love. But... Do we actually know how to live that out? And do we want to learn how to live that out? And I I think that we do. So I'm going to uh, go to a couple of different scriptures this morning and talk about that. Ephesians 4.15. This is Paul speaking, and he's uh, speaking to the gathered community of believers. 
in Ephesus. He says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There's a, there's a progression there. I want you to see the progression there. He says, we speak the truth in love. That's kind of the, the command to us. And then what comes from that is we grow more like Jesus. And then we help God to fit every, every part together perfectly. We help in our part doing our special work so that the whole body is growing and healthy and full of love. And that, sound, that all sounds beautiful. It starts with speak the truth in love. Now, um, we're probably divided here. Some of us are really good at speaking the truth. <laughs> and some of us are really good in the in love part. But uh, the gospel is so clear to us. It's speak the truth in love. I mean, it's the double-edged sword of the unconditional love of God. It is. It's the truth, which is powerful, but can actually damage without love. Right? How many of you have heard the truth without love and it hurt like heck? Right. And so he says, Paul says, speak the truth in love. The truth is powerful. The love is necessary. If, if, all, we have is, um, if all we have is truth, we lack integrity. I mean, we lack power. If all we have is truth, we lack power. We have integrity. Here's, here's what's true. But there's no power. If all we have is love... We, we lack integrity. I mean, it's ooey-gooey, lovey, everything's fine, but there's no truth. There's no point to it. And so as we're loving one another in the kingdom, you know, God tells us how to do it real clearly. Speak the truth in love. If you don't have the love to go with it, hold back on the truth. If you're not willing to give the truth, press into love. Because they go together. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And Jesus is the perfect manifestation of the love of God. So they go hand in hand. The truth in love. And believe me, the Holy Spirit's required, right? <laughs> so there's this progression of speaking the truth in love and how we grow up uh, in the body, healthy and full of love. The waves are coming in. I just wanted you guys to, to know what that was like. <laughs> I'm afraid I won't be able to go past that one. Do you want to give me a, the handheld? Keep, keep going. Take a drink of water, he says. <laughs> the, you need the other parts. I can't do it. Just talk amongst yourselves. or love what do you think okay. <laughs> thanks Artie <laughs> you want to know a woman who will speak the truth in love right over there thanks okay great okay we're back <clears throat> so the, the, the fact is we need the other parts of the body I mean Ephesians 4 Paul says speaking the truth in love but then he says we're going to grow up together we're going to be fitted together in love and everyone's going to play their part exactly how God designed it. 
So what that means practically for us is we need every part of the body of Christ. We need them. Now, I'm going to challenge you. Think of the person that bugs you the most in the kingdom. Okay, don't look at them, don't kick them, don't say anything. The, the person, I mean, just let them come to mind. There they are, okay? You need them. You need them. I didn't decide that. God decided that. God said, if you do this, if you'll speak the truth in love, then, and everyone plays their part, then you'll grow up fitted perfectly. I mean, you know what fitted perfectly means? There's no space. Fitted perfectly, you, you know, have you ever done a puzzle? It has to fit perfectly. All the parts have to touch all the other parts. In the kingdom, we don't get to say, I know you're an important part, just don't touch me. We just don't get to do it because God fits us together. And so I, w I want us to walk out this morning recognizing that every part is important. The, the, the person who gets you the most, could you see them as a gift? Could you see them as a gift? They're God's gift to you. He makes the whole body fit together. <clears throat> we support one another in obedience to Jesus. This is how God designed it. God didn't say, I called you together so you'd be comfortable. He said, I called you together so you'd look more like Jesus. And some of those parts that don't look like Jesus, I'm going to bring special people into your life. Special people that you need into your life. And they're going to help you get rid of that part that doesn't look like Jesus. And I really mean it. Can we look at them as a gift? Can we say you're, you're necessary, you're required? Can we say thank you? Ephesians chapter 4. Um, Paul just gets ramped up. I mean, he doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't go backwards here. So Ephesians chapter 4, he says this. Uh, 4.30 to 32. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. He, he bought you with a price. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And, and honestly, sometimes I read that and I say, oh, sure, right. And then, <laughs> what will I do next? Solve world poverty. I mean, th this is not easy stuff. Which is why Paul continues to say, continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. This isn't flesh that does this. This is spirit that does this within us. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. He, he specifically doesn't say, stop bitterness and rage. He, he doesn't say, stop it. He doesn't say, hold on to it, but just don't express it. He's very clear. Get rid of it. Um, Jane and I have a favorite story from many years ago. We were working with refugees, and I probably told the story. Oh, well, I run out of stories. Give me more stories. We were working with refugees in Austria, and there was a particularly wealthy refugee, if you can imagine that. Um, he'd come from Iran, and his father was very prevalent in the government. So he had, he had money, even though he couldn't be in his country. And he had the sweetest leather jacket you have ever seen. 
and among us missionaries, we did not have a lot of money. There was kind of this thing like, man, Shaheen's jacket. <laughs> I mean, you know, a sweet leather jacket. And one day he came into the refugee center where we were working, and he didn't have it on. He had a different jacket on. And so I've got things going on in my mind, like he's got a different jacket, you know. I really want that jacket. He says, I said, Shaheen, where's your, where's your jacket? He said, oh, it was old. I said, well, where is the jacket? He said, I put it out. I said, what do you mean put it out? I threw it in the garbage. I cried. Well, I didn't. I'm being dramatic. <clears throat> Here's my point. He doesn't just say, hang your bitterness in the closet. He doesn't say, just don't express your rage. He doesn't say, go into the garage and beat things up and get it, you know, get it out there, but then hold it inside. He says, get rid of it. He says, put it out. He says, throw it in the garbage. And, and what this means to me is whatever it takes, get rid of your bitterness and your rage. I mean, I, I don't think that today we can do a group, you know, healing but God wants to do the group healing. He, he wants this. God does not command anything that he does not make possible. If it was not possible for you to get rid of your bitterness and your rage, God wouldn't ask you to do it. So we can. So I just want to walk out of here today with whatever it takes attitude. Get rid of your bitterness. Get, bit, get rid of your rage. Whatever hinders your courageous, humble, loving relationships, get rid of it. Put it out. Throw it out in the garbage and allow God to cleanse the place where it lived. And so I'll encourage you. Um, Delena right here uh, leads our Sozo ministry. Sozo is the Greek word for healing, salvation. If you'd like to talk to someone about how to deal with bitterness and rage, you could talk to, to Delena. She'll set you up. She'll get you an appointment with someone who will really help you see what is God doing here? How do I get rid of anger and bitterness and rage? This is a part of honoring one another. This is a part of loving one another well. We've got to deal with our stuff. He says, be kind and tenderhearted, forgiving. We'll get to that. The bitter becomes replaced with the sweet. Jesus does that. Colossians chapter 3. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These are the clothes we wear. Whatever you have on today, you put it on on purpose, right? I mean, my wife didn't know what I put on until she got here, and then I'll find out later if it was any good or not. You know, <laughs> What were you thinking? I wasn't. <laughs> But you, you, we put our clothes on on purpose, right? And, and Paul's saying this is purposeful. This is intentional. Watch what you're wearing is what he's saying. Be careful what you clothe your with, yourself with every day. Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together. Paul says, make allowance for each other's faults. I, I think I said it last week. I mean, the picture I get in my mind is like, if a fault is a big, you know, two by four sticking out of your eye, and you walk around and everywhere you turn, you bang someone in the head with it, to, to make allowance for it is to is to stand away from them a bit, but don't attack them. 
I mean, the, another word is to bear with. It's the same word that Paul uses for endurance. Put up with would be a good way to say it. Paul, Paul's saying everyone here, I mean, no offense to you, it's just truth. Everyone here has faults. We walk around with them. Some of us don't know ours. And so his encouragement to the body is be sensitive to one another. Make allowance for the faults. It doesn't mean you say the fault is good. Gee, you just bit my head off. Thank you. No, that's not. It's make allowance for it. Recognize that as you've been forgiven, that person's been forgiven. Make some room for them. Make some room for them to hear the truth and love. Make some room for healing to come in their lives. Make allowance for one another. And we, we have to learn when to endure and when to engage. And so a lot of times people will come to me and say, I'm, I'm really angry and I, this person has hurt me. Their faults are hurting me. And I don't know if I should say something or not. I want to forgive but you can see their clenched teeth. I want to forgive, but I don't know if I should just let this one go or should I engage? And maybe it's simplistic, but I just tell people this. If you can let it go, let it go. If you can forget about it, forget about it. If you can forgive it, forgive it. If you can't, then talk to them about it. So if someone comes with their fault and they uh, they bang you in the head with their fault, if you can bear that, bear it. With the strength of Jesus. If you can't, then you get to go lovingly and say, Todd, I mean, you're just there, right? Todd, this particular thing that you're doing, it's, it's causing me pain. I don't know if you realize it. See, there's the love. I don't know if you realize it, but it, it causes me pain. Could we talk about that? If you just try to forget it, but it's still stuck in your craw, it will come out, right? It and that's why you got to go back to get rid of all bitterness and anger and rage, right? Because it will come out. If you can forget it, forget it. But if you can't, then it's time to talk. It's time to speak the truth in love. And that's on the way to the next thing that Paul says. Forgive anyone. That's, that's how it says it in the Bible. Forgive anyone. It's just straight out. Forgive anyone. It doesn't say forgive and forget in the Bible, okay? You've heard that out there in the world, forgive and forget. That's not biblical, okay? It doesn't say forgive and forget. It, it says closer to forgive and then remember that you forgave. Forgive and then when it comes back up again, remember that you forgave. Because you may never forget that wound. You may never forget. I mean, some of the things that we've been through as a people... Could we ever forget? It doesn't say you have to forget. It just says forgive. Corey Ten Boom, um, you know, went through the um, Holocaust back in the uh, early 40s. And she was a a Dutch woman, a strong Christian. And um, because their family, she wasn't a Jew, but because their family held Jews and, and saved Jews in Holland, she was put in a prison camp and went through horrible torture saw her sister raped. I mean, just horrible years of torture. And Corrie ten Boom went back very purposely after the war and forgave the very man who was responsible for the rape and the torture and eventually the death of her sister. And years later, when she was speaking, someone came up to her and said, but how can you? Don't you remember what they did to you? 
And her words were, yes, I distinctly remember forgetting that. That's what she said. I distinctly remember forgetting that. Obviously, it was in her heart. Obviously, it was in her mind. But her willful choice was to walk ahead in forgiveness. It doesn't say forgive and forget. It says forgive. And then when it comes back up again, remember that you forgave. And in case that feels impossible, Paul just adds this motivation. In the same way that Jesus forgave you, forgive others. So it, it, it doesn't say that forgiveness is, is bound to repentance. It doesn't say that forgiveness is, is bound to people understanding what they've done to us. Isn't that hard? I mean, doesn't everything in our human nature just want people to know and pay? That's what we feel. That's natural. What Jesus calls us to is supernatural. Forgive anyone. And, and, and that requires the love of Jesus. <clears throat> Let's, I, I need a minute to think where, where to go from here. Because I know God's present and I know where I'm touching buttons. And I want to make sure that we do what God asks us to do. So let's just pray. Lord Jesus, you, um, you hung on the cross. Uh, the only person ever to walk that actually didn't deserve death. And from that cross, you said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Lord Jesus, would you release grace in us to walk in that type of forgiveness? Holy Spirit, will you come and where we're remembering, distinctly remembering those hurts and pains that have been perpetrated against us. Will you come and make a way for us to forgive? Jesus, will you show us this morning that your death on the cross was payment even for the sins done against us? That because of that, we have nothing to hold against another and there's no more punishment or payment required. Lord, would you release us as a body this year from any remnants of bitterness, rage, anger? Holy Spirit, will you clothe us with love and with humility, with patience, Lord, I thank you for the promise of 1 John 4 that we've come to know and to believe in the love that you have for us. And Lord, I ask for grace now for us to experience once again the love that you have for us, the unconditional, never-ending, all-powerful and perfect love that you have for us. And I ask, Lord, that that love would so fill us that we would be able to extend that love to others. God, thank you for your mercy and thank you for your grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Jim, would you come forward?
Well, we were worshiping earlier. Jim uh, had a word, and uh, we feel like it's a word from God for us as a people. So we'll allow this word to lead us into a time of ministry. Well, as I was just out there worshiping, I, I was thinking about some of the things that the Lord has brought to my mind this week, and I really felt strongly like it was something I needed to share with Delana here. And then when Randy asked me to share, I realized that, um, you know, as he has encouraged us to to just, you know, get rid of these things, um, you know, I don't know if it strikes your heart, but maybe, you know, you've, you're thinking, well, I've tried to already. You know, I, I've, I've done that before. I've really worked hard at trying to get rid of bitterness, and I just can't seem to do it. Um, well, what I was thinking about during worship this morning was that there is a pattern that I just noticed in the Word. And I don't know if you've, you've seen this here. It sounds like a simple thing, but it, it bears out all through the Bible. And it's this idea that we can rely on our own efforts or we can rely on God. It, it seems so basic, doesn't it? But yet it, it's something for me that, that I often just forget whether it's when I'm trying to not be angry with someone or I'm trying to, you know, just give some situation up to the Lord. And, you know, I, when I read in the Word, I, I, I just found something that, again, was another reminder of how God wants us to, to just let Him do the work. And I was reading in Exodus 20, and, you know, of all places, that's where the Ten Commandments are. And a lot of times, you know, we maybe, you know, in our New Testament days here, we, we don't really kind of like to go back to the Old Testament. But, you know, at the end of the Ten Commandments, there was something there that he said that I had not seen before. And he says this in Exodus um, 20, uh, verses 25, he says, if he, and he's talking about making altars. And he, you'd think the way you make an altar wouldn't be that big of a deal, you know, especially in light of him just talking about the Ten Commandments. But he says this, he says, if you make an altar of stones for me, do not build it with dressed stones. For you will defile it if you use a tool on it. And you know, as I thought about that, you know, he wanted his altar to be made of those stones which were just all him. He didn't want it dressed up. He didn't want it cut. He didn't want it to be like something that was from our human efforts. And instantly, when I thought of that this morning, the verse came to mind, Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. In Genesis, do you remember when Adam and Eve fell and, and they sinned and they made what? For themselves 
a covering of fig leaves. But you know what? God corrected that, didn't he? He gave them skins to wear. As if to say, no, what you make with your own hands, that isn't sufficient to cover. And I think, you know, he probably appreciated their efforts, but yet he showed them that it was the blood um, that would cover them. A couple chapters later, do you remember Cain and Abel? They both brought an offering to God, didn't they? And it says, Cain brought an offering which was from kind of that which he had worked with his hands from the, of the farm crops. But Abel brought a lamb. And God provided that. And so wherever you are this morning, you know, it, it could be exactly what Randy's been talking to us about getting rid of something that's in your life that that the Lord is showing you shouldn't be there or whatever it is maybe it's a, a situation that you don't know where to turn for someone for something you know, I believe that, that the word is today that if you say Lord I'm just going to give that up to you I'm going to stop trying to do it myself and I'm going to let you do it I think that's that's the word um, today that goes along with this. So, um, thank you. Let's stand. The ministry team uh, members, we want to come forward. If you'd like someone to pray for you this morning, uh, we would love to do that. Love to be uh, before God on your behalf. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you for these words this morning. Thank you for your grace. Lord, will you do for us what we can't do for ourselves? Give us grace to see where we're trying in our own effort. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.